The following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but they're fun, they're funny, they're amusing, they're entertaining, and I like them. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. How fast? Three, two, one. Fast. That's my answer. Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use if we want to. Some of us sitting on our blessed assurance will not, but maybe we should, and we can become doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? all I got for you. And also Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. Goodbye. Okay, no. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through the process where you have family gathering and how you engage with family, some Christian, some not, how that goes. I don't know. I went through that. We'll talk about that later. If you have, by the way, an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, that's an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, or if you have a praise report or a prayer request, or if you want to do Bible trivia in the next segment, and this is the segments to follow, you have that opportunity to do that. All you got to do is reach out to us and call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, Captain Chris, who should be Commander Chris, but we're still going to go with Captain for a little while, Captain Chris. He will answer the phone. And when that happens, you will be... There you go. You can also text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. If you do that, you'll, you can come right here. It'll be right here on the phone right in front of me. You don't have to tell us who you are. We know who you are. I'm just kidding. Or you can email us, david at org. That's david at org. 
That's David, no king in front of it because I ain't one, David at hemustincrease.org. Here's the dealios. We want to point you also to the website because on the website is a place for you to put on the website, you know, maybe you have a prayer request, you want to keep it private or a praise report, or maybe you want to share it. It gives you that opportunity. There's video, there's audio for encouragement purposes because that's pretty much what we exist for. There's also the opportunity for you to invest in the kingdom of God by giving to our ministry. If you do so, we're not going to give you anything special except for you will get a receipt at the end of the year. I'm still working on them. Everybody leave me alone. But the bottom line is that if you if you think it's worthwhile, we want you to certainly take care of home base first. But if the Lord puts it on your heart, participate with us. Be a giver. We ask you to go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemostincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. <laughs> it's Chris's new thing. Isn't that great? Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You know, that's the golf clap where you do that. Okay. Uh, excellent job. And just keep playing around. Have as much fun as you want. I love it when he does stuff like that. All right, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is the show, the premise of the show, the idea, and we've mentioned it before. We're not your church in that capacity. Now, some people have to use us for their source of fellowship, and we appreciate that. But if you're attending a church, we want you to take care of home base first. Make sure you take care of the place where you are continually spiritually fed and you have a continual community. We are a fellowship, though. That is it's obvious, and it's kind of advantageous for us in the sense that you don't have to have the same backgrounds. You don't have to have the same perfect exact beliefs. You don't even agree with yourself 10 years ago, so just relax. Here's the bottom line. Encouraging one another as we, and doing that on a daily basis, as we see the day of the Lord's return getting closer. It's like, yeah, that's good. Let's do that stuff. Okay, we're going to get into our teaching, and I am promising you, and I promised you last week, and then I promised you when, when I talked about it, this is not going to be nice for many people. That's not. We can't change where we're at in the teaching. We're not going to change the teaching. We're not going to do it for itching ears. We are talking about what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. You want to know what that is? Are you ready for this? Is there anything else we need to cover? Just want to go, okay, here we go. Here's Jesus, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, right now, just as I said that, there's people that are going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, just like that. First of all, when Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, there's biblical references, of course, Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 18. I'm not sure that's the problem, and we're actually in the next segment going to talk, teach about the process of temptation, because you need to understand that. What I think people miss is what is adultery. That's like, it's like you're saying, well, you shouldn't commit adultery. Uh, It says it just in case you're wondering from a numerical point of view. I think it's somewhat interesting, but there are uh, an an enormous amount of scriptures talking about adultery. There are 30 references in the New Testament to not committing adultery. There are uh, references to not committing adultery in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Pretty thorough material, nothing to be freaked out about, but let's just understand what adultery is and what adultery isn't. When you enter into a commitment or a relationship, 
with a person of the opposite sex. Okay? So there's no room in the Old Testament to change what that says. And it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Get over it. Here it is. When you enter in that relationship, you make a covenant with God and with the person, if you're a Bible-believing, born-again Christian, to be faithful. Any breach of that covenant means you, male or female, have a engagement with another human being that is not your marital spouse. That is adultery. Bing! That's it. Now, some people say, well, is it the actual sexual intercourse or is it the flirtation? Or the... And this is where Jesus is dealing with it right here. He's like, look, if you're looking for that, you're looking for that secondary element, you're already married. And it's, we're not talking about people that are divorced. We're not talking about any of that stuff. We're just talking about people that are married. And you're like, yeah, I, I want more. I want this other thing. I want this other person. When you do that inside of yourself and you make that pursuit— that is adultery. Not, well, you know, we got the hotel and we spent a lot of time together, but we didn't have this kind of sex. Yeah, good for you. That's adultery. So here's what we're, what we're not willing to talk about, which I don't know. I don't know why. It's the bottom line. This is a big problem. There's another big problem that goes on the other side of this, and that is people think they have committed adultery when they haven't. We're going to talk about that in the next segment because it's kind of fascinating to understand that the devil accuses people of things that are not always true, right? That's why he's called the accuser of the brethren. But when you make a marital covenant to be with a person— before God and before that person, there is no, uh, yeah, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to have this whole entire existent life about being with this woman or this man or this woman or this man. That is adultery. You have breached the covenant in the eyes and the mind of God. The worst part about this from when Jesus taught this is the people who were listening who had been teaching that adultery is only when you actually do it. It's only when you do it. And Jesus says, nope, it's when you prepare it, when you prep it, when you get it all ready, that's adultery too. It's like, what? And how did Jesus, what did Jesus just do? He blew out the soft standard that the Pharisees and Sadducees had tried to communicate from Deuteronomy and from Exodus. He, they, he blew it away because they're like, what are you trying to say, that I can do this whole thing in my mind? Yep. <laughs> There's no weird stuff, okay? What I want you to do is to be aware of that, that it's important, that it's a, it's a sincerely Important decision. And by the way, what's the difference between adultery and fornication, somebody say, because I've heard the word fornication. Fornication is sexual engagement outside of marriage. You're not married. There's no marriage. You're just a single person. We, you know, um, got to be careful I say this. But, uh, you know, some people that are just like, um, uh, I, I, you know, really, really having a hard time in the sexual realm, in the fantasy realm, and they just keep going, going, and they're not married. And anything like that, I'm not there, but they're, you know, boom, 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 boom. That's fornication. Adultery is the breach of the marital covenant. Why that's important is because the marriage covenant in the heart and mind of God, as Jesus reiterated in Matthew chapter 19, 
is really, get this, you're going to get blown away, really where the most amount of churches are between a husband and a wife and a family. Because the little family is like a little church. Now, think of it in those terms, and you'll be like, uh-oh. <laughs> yes, uh-oh would be truthful. But there's some things that take place on the other side that wrap adultery into what it is not, and that is what we're going to cover next. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Before we pray and before we get going, it's important for you to understand kind of where I'm coming from. A lot of you who, uh, those of you that were in the first service are going, oh no, here comes that joke again. Uh, wrong, it's a different joke, so we'll go with that. Let's understand that being born and raised Jewish and becoming a Christian is very simply understood for all of you. That means two Jews, three opinions. If you can't figure that out, you're going to have a tough time the rest of this time. So let's talk about what that perspective is and what I learned growing up. There was a lady and she was on a bus. And she was sitting next to a guy. And she turns over to the guy and she taps him and she goes, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, mister, mister, are you Jewish? And he goes, no, no, I'm not. She goes, okay, thanks. Going a further down, she taps him again. She goes, excuse me, excuse me, mister. She goes, are, are you Jewish? He goes, no, I, I'm not Jewish, but thank you for asking. I appreciate that. They go a little further down, and she taps him again. She goes, excuse me, one more time, mister. Are you sure you're not Jewish? He goes, no, I am not Jewish. I am not. She goes, okay, fine. A little further down, she taps him again. She goes, are you really sure you're not Jewish? He goes, fine, fine, I'm Jewish. She goes, funny, you don't look Jewish.
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let me give a quick shout out to Don, who's uh, had a chance to stop by for a few minutes and talk with me today. Always a delight. He's just been a real blessing for all of us and for the ministry. So keep playing, praying for Don Crawford. He's just a great guy and is trying to promote the gospel and trying to promote truth and has done an excellent job. In the meantime, don't forget to be praying for our strong pillars, and that's going to be Captain Chris and Jennifer, who are here in the midst of all of this, making sure that the show goes on, even when Dave can't get down here uh, for family reasons. <laughs> so just keep praying for them. They're great, and we appreciate them very much. Um, I'll give you a quick update on the whole family thing. The family came in from out of town for Noel's birthday. The brother came up. Uh, we already have two dogs that are kind of nutty cuckoo. He brought his dog up. That made it fun. <laughs> just, I'll just leave that there. That made it fun. <clears throat> anyway, Bruce and Julie, who are uh, Noel's folks, fantastic. Just great people. And then John and Connie came up, and we were all together. And then we did uh, like a Benihana-style dinner yesterday, which is always fun. You know what he did, though? I, I can't tell people because if you go, you'll, but there's a, they have a new trick where they fool you. And it's uh, he did it on me, and boy, I was fooled. <laughs> so... Go and enjoy. That's all I'm going to say. All right, so it was a great time. Thank you, everybody, for being patient. Thank you for praying for us. We we do greatly appreciate that. And Noelle had an absolutely wonderful birthday. I didn't think she was going to have a, a very good birthday, and I'm super, super blessed that her folks came up and made it as good as it was. Okay, here we go. First trivia question. Who identified Jesus with the words, Behold the Lamb of God? Who identified Jesus with the words, Behold the Lamb of God? If you think you know the answer, then what you got to do is either call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. In the meantime, we're going to do our DNA. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. How often is daily, folks? It's why it's every day. Yeah. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be, never be, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words, or he'll be ashamed of you. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that it's not just all about us. You can't just be focused on us, 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 us. It's got to be, you can't do that thing in that one, what is it, Nemo movie where all the birds go, me, 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 me. You can't do that. It's got to be other people. So you want to be sensitive to the Lord to be used as a vessel of his blessing, of his grace, of his mercy, to be that blessing to other people. Okay? That's what it is about loving others, always being ready to serve and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay? Okay. It's all right? It's all right. We cover that? Cover that? Good? Okay. Trivia question once again. Who said or who identified Jesus with the words, Behold the Lamb of God? If you think you know, you can. Call in at 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8400. Eight three. We covered that. We covered that. I don't think I'm missing. Somebody's calling on the phone, so we have to wait. And we want to make sure to get it in. Make sure everybody has an opportunity to share. It does look like an answer to trivia has come our way. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is Paul Bolton. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. 
Ramsey radio show every day. I, you know, I just, I love you, brother. I love your stuff. Love some of the stuff you post. I don't always comment to it, but it's some great stuff. So let me just tell you, great job. So I just want you to know that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's it. Well, I got an answer to your question there. And I believe you'll get it right. Here we go. Who identified Jesus with the words, Behold the Lamb of God? That would be John the Baptist. That is correct. You are right. Got it. Excellent job. It's like a high karate. Got it. Excellent work. David, you the man. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good one, though, brother, and I'm glad you got that one. He identified, behold the Lamb of God. It's like, that. there it is. And it's uh, just one of the coolest things, that. that great work. Hey, I just want you to know that I used uh, part, of your, um, part of your message on here to use to make my breakfast post about, um, about at the end days of people scoffing and making fun of the idea that Jesus is going to return. I used that on there, so I appreciate that. Oh, you got it. Got it, man. That's great. You're awesome, yeah, I bro. I, I, I hadn't been in Second Peter in quite a while, so it kind of brought me over there. Got it. That's awesome, man. I just can't believe it. I hope what I'm going to teach next won't won't get anybody frustrated. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, brother, and God bless you. You too, as well. God bless you, bro. All right, bye. Bye. Awesome. All right, a good friend. All right, here we go. You ready? All right. Now, so, now listen. Nobody freak out, okay? Take a deep breath. <laughs> That's not really a deep breath, is it? That's kind of like a, yeah, what was that? Like a deep breath would be what? Like It was a breath. Yeah, but it, maybe it has to be more like. <sighs> That's a deep breath, right? Show off. Okay. All right, so Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 said, You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Uh, some people want to know. I'll just say real quickly. The way that you stay out of it yourself, of course, is to keep yourself a little more connected to the Lord, a little more prayerful, a little more mindful that your flesh is what's driving most of that, or if not all of that. And then the other thing for other people is to pray a prayer protection. I mean, you can't do it any other way other than asking God to to just uh, pour out his Holy Spirit into their heart. You think, well, the Holy Spirit doesn't drop on people that don't know God. Yes, he does. <laughs> does that mean they're safe? No, but the Holy Spirit works on people on a number of bases. That's why in the heart of the king, uh, the, the king's heart gets changed by the Lord. It's like, okay, just, just pray it, okay? Just pray it and see what happens, but have faith. That's a good idea. So what Jesus said, though, is it's not just a matter of you know, that, that process of actually doing the act, it also has to do with what's on the inside. Even the new te- even the Old Testament shows that sin is internal as well as external. And you think, well, how do you know that? And then the last commandment is you shall not covet your neighbor's this, that, that, this, this, that, this, that, 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 this, this, that. So you're not supposed to covet, which means inside of you, you're not supposed to want it. You, want, you don't want theirs. Oh, look at his wife. I want her. It's like, eh, eh, eh. That's wrong. But now, watch this. And this is the thing I want, and I hope people will get free from this. This is James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, 
it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So what people don't recognize is not every temptation that you have that goes through your brain or your mind, that's not the sin moment. Let me just explain it, I guess, as simply as possible. Evil desires come from our own darkness, our own fallen nature, our own oops, we said no to God, everybody's in that lineage, and in that lineage there's this big oops, no to God part of us called the old man or the old nature. Crucified by position, but in practicality we're supposed to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and not yield to any of the influences of the flesh. Something a lot of us don't do that well. Here's the next thing. It says that each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. In other words, we have the evil desires in us, but temptation comes as a dragging away process and an enticement. I've got a message for you. The enticement is not a sin. Did you hear? Do you, I just want you to hear that. The enticement part is not the sin. Give Oral Roberts credit where credit is due. Because birds fly over your head doesn't mean you ought to let them build a nest in your hair. The idea is that the enticement or the dragging away process is part of the pulling of your old man, your old flesh. And it says then, verse 15, after desire has conceived. In other words, the temptation comes and you, I, or anybody else goes, whoa, there's a temptation there. And what we do with it determines whether it's a sin or not. But that temptation comes, ooh, look at her. She'd be great. I want to be with her. And you go, no, that's wrong. I don't want that. That's not, that's not, you didn't, there's no sin in that process. But if you went, ooh, yeah, no, I do, I do, you just gave birth to sin. That's the deal. The deal is, is that the enticement and the dragging away, that's not the sin. It has to have a conception, and it's conceived when, listen to the simplicity of it, the temptation is thrown at you or delivered towards you or thrust at you or dragged by you or you know thrown up in your face, and you say, okay, I like it. That's when it becomes sin. So it's not sinning to have the temptation happen. It's sinning to have the temptation happen and for you to accept it, acknowledge it, and give life to it. That's when it takes place. I think a lot of people in the Christian faith think that the temptation is the sin. Incorrect. It's when you respond to the temptation. Look at how Jesus dealt with Satan. Satan dropped the temptation. It's not like Jesus didn't see the temptations. But you know what he did? He said, no. (laughs) That's what he said. And it went from temptation attempt to nothing. Because Jesus didn't give life to the temptation. And if you want to strategically pray for somebody, that's a good thing right there. Lord, don't let them say yes to the temptation. See, that's simple. Oversimplified. Thank you very much. I work hard at that. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
But I want us to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not... Uh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. 